2: So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Cracking the code on how you can optimize, personalize, and monetize your app marketing and mobile growth efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by Peggy Ann Saltz. Peggy, a top 30 mobile marketing influencer, nine-time author, and content strategist, brings you her pick of tech, trends, guests, and cool stuff to help you drive growth and create deep connections with your customers. Now, prepare to get motivated and activated with our host.
0: Hey, hello, and welcome to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove, where I plan, produce, and promote content that allows my clients to reach performance goals and scale growth. And growth, that's what it's all about here at Mobile Presence, because we tell you how to grow your app, how to grow your audience, how to extend your retention curve. And we can do this because we get the inside track. Every two weeks on this special sort of mini-series within Mobile Presence, we get the inside track on how you can grow your app from the UA experts that do it because this is their daily job. UA experts, mobile marketing experts, ninjas, mobile heroes, they're amazing at it as well because they have earned the success that has earned them the title of mobile hero as chosen by Liftoff, a full-service mobile app marketing and retargeting platform. So we continue our world tour, and I'm really excited because for the first time, we have a mobile hero from Russia, I mean, really from Russia, with us from Moscow today, Mikhail Bateryakov. He is Traffic Manager Analyst at Joom. And Mike, I'll call you Mike, welcome to Mobile Presence today, all the way, of course, from your office in Moscow.
3: Uh, Hello there, Peggy. It's an honor to be here.
0: It's great to have you here, too. And for our listeners who don't know it, I mean, Zoom is quite an interesting company. I was researching it somewhere between uh, a Russian Amazon and a Wish. I mean, really a marketplace on the move. Maybe you want to tell me a little bit about Zoom and also, of course, about yourself, Mike.
3: Uh, Well, uh, Zoom is a marketplace. We are a mobile-first marketplace uh, with a mission to let users purchase anything from anywhere in the world at the best price possible. Now we're currently operating in Europe, in CIS countries. We are not that big in the United States, but uh, you can still use our application or our website here. And mm-hmm. as for me, uh, well, my name is Michael. I used to play in a band in high school, used to be a wrestling fan, used to be a gamer. But uh-huh. for the last two years, I am 100% dedicated to my work here in Zoom.
0: So a band, I'm going to bite it here. What, what kind of band, Mike?
3: Well, it was uh, like... Um, I cannot even uh, tell you the style that we were playing because we were just a couple of friends who were uh-huh. spending great great time, we were playing punk rock, we were playing okay, maybe cool. some metal, maybe some doom gaze or something <laughs> like this, so a lot of strange music, but mostly we had fun.
0: Well, that's what it's about. I mean, it's about having fun in your, in your job and whatever else you're doing. And you mentioned UX, I mean, UX to marketing. I'd be interested to know what kind of leap that was for you, because um, the way I'm hearing it is, you know, UX product is so important in marketing. Um, it's an important skill. It's an important talent. Do you feed some of this into what you're doing in marketing? Because you know sort of what makes an app special and, you know, um, make it sing, so to speak, <laughs> to continue with your, your band metaphor. Uh, does that work in marketing for you?
3: Uh, well, it was a leap indeed. Uh, the only thing in, in common, I believe, both things are digital. I used mm-hmm. to prototype and design the e learning course for nine, uh, year, uh, nine year old children. And no surprises, it differs from design for adults. You got to think different, you got to add additional constraints to what you can do because children are not that familiar with interfaces. So I learned to observe any given problem from several points of view, taking into Mm -hmm. consideration constraints and desires of other parties. So it helps me a lot uh, during negotiations right now. And also, due to my uh, past, I can see terrible use patterns in different dashboards very clearly, so it is a curse as well.
0: It's interesting because that's it, you know, having to do UX for apps for children, yeah, for 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 digital for children teaches you, I guess, a lot about onboarding users of of all ages, of course, because it has to be simple, it has to be frictionless. Is that everyone me the child? <laughs> everyone is a child, indeed. Um, so we know about your background and we know a little bit now about what moves you now currently right now in November 2019 because you've written a great blog. I like it because I love things that are to the point and uh, you've got this blog of shortcuts for strategies to simplify your app marketing efforts and improve results. Now listeners will tell you about it later in the show where you can find this and everything else but for the moment let's just understand why you chose that topic. I mean is it based on some sort of personal experience and you said, that's it, these are the challenges, we need shortcuts. What was it that moved you to write it?
3: Well, actually it was uh, mostly by chance because I um, g- got into digital advertising without any prior experience. And it was just uh, too many information to be uh, a pro from the very beginning. So I just had to simplify things to actually uh, get into uh, to get things done. So I couldn't Mm -hmm. just take into consideration dozens of different metrics and so on. That's why we chose to to look for only one metric. And this, uh, the same idea goes to everything. Uh, We were a small company. Now we're not that very big, so we cannot afford to have um, dozens of people doing advertising. We're just six people, and three of them, uh, three of us are. Uh, ml uh, machine learning developers mm-hmm. so we got to simplify things to be able to do everything that we want
0: that's cool I'm hearing a lot about machine learning about marketing automation how that makes you know that makes even teams with small numbers you know quite big in strength is that a challenge for you um, at Zoom? Uh, is it a, is it a thing that uh, size and scale and that's a challenge or what is it that you see as being the biggest challenge for marketers?
3: Uh, the challenge changes uh, every half a year, I believe. Okay. Uh, when I first joined Zoom, uh, the biggest change, uh, the biggest challenge was uh, indeed a growth. How can we uh, spend more uh, still buying the right users? How can we uh, do uh, the right things with uh, lower budgets? Mm-hmm. Uh, so how can we scale, expand, how we, how, how we can choose the right partners, how we can fight fraud? Uh, later, we understood that there are different uh, problems uh, and um, how can we optimize our efforts? How can we make a machine, make routine uh, decisions? Uh, how we can, uh, again, uh, how we can uh, stop fraud in our traffic? And right mm-hmm. now, I think the biggest struggle for us are retargeting and brand advertising, but here we still do not have a working solution.
0: Every targeting, I'm hearing a lot about it, dynamic ads, you're gonna tell us about that because you're a great proponent of that. But let's let's talk about a couple of the, the shortcuts. Now, um, fighting fraud, we're gonna talk about that later. Let's just talk about two other shortcuts. So if you look at what you've written recently and you tell me number one shortcut, other than fighting fraud, okay?
3: What would it be? Uh, well, I would say the bottom line of my blog is do not do something just because everyone do so. Do mm-hmm. not pay for installs if that's not what you need. Do not, for, do not pay for clicks if you do not benefit directly from clicks. Uh, think what would be beneficial for your service, for your product. Uh, it can be even a spare model, but this is a decision you have to make for your own product. We tried wrong approach in 2018 when we saw everyone is into influencers marketing and spending hard. We tried it, but we couldn't make it uh, according to our KPIs and we couldn't scale the source. Uh, So we dropped it and focused on sources that can deliver us desired volumes, no metrics. Mm -hmm. So uh, the bottom line is uh, pay for value, not for metrics.
0: I like that one actually that could be a motto on a t-shirt actually Mike because uh, you know a lot of people did go for influencer marketing in fairness it works in some places it works in some verticals I'm not going to dis influencer marketing but you learned that that wasn't the way to do it and th- that wasn't the kPI you wanted to measure i mean how do you measure influence we could talk about that in a show yeah. so so you, you focused on what did you focus on specific events specific transactions because of course you have to pick, maybe not the North Star metric, but you have to be very clear about your KPIs and they have to align with your goals. So what did you end up looking at at Zoom, at Zoom rather? Um,
3: it's quite easy because we are e-commerce uh, uh, marketplace and uh, we need revenue coming from okay. our users. So we are focusing on revenue uh, with our affiliates. We're working on a model called revenue share when we pay them just some percentage of the revenue generated by the users within the first week of their Lifetime in June. So mm-hmm. uh, this means we made uh, uh, every, every cooperation that we have win-win. So if a partner is spending hard, he uh, Bring us more volumes and that means we pay them uh, more and more and if the KPIs are much uh, Everyone is happy
0: mm-hmm. That makes sense. So then your events would be really about understanding who are your valuable you know your partners your affiliates so they're you know they're bringing in business and it's a way of measuring and incentivizing them as well i would imagine
3: yep uh, you all right uh still just uh, when we finished uh, buying users i worked with only uh, in the very beginning because we have a lot of push notifications email marketing Something inside our application, some splash banners, and so on, just to uh, make uh, users uh, uh, make users buy something, be happy, and uh, spread the word about our application.
0: Mm -hmm. Anything special that you're doing to incentivize? Um, Exactly, you want people to come back as often as possible. Of course, as a marketplace. Not everyone's a shopaholic, right? So there has to be something to keep them coming back. Is this the usual sort of showing them offers or is it just having really cool dynamic ads that say you've been looking at that item, keep looking at it. I'm just wondering what the different approaches, the different strategies are.
3: Uh, Well, we are not uh, very much of a professional here. We couldn't find our silver bullet uh, here. But Mm -hmm. uh, I can say that um, push notifications are working amazingly good and it was a surprise for me Uh, But for our audience, uh, great uh, notifications with a well-structured message is doing just fine.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I have a message, unfortunately, that we have to go to break right now. I could hope for a better segue. Thank you so much, Mike. But listeners, don't go away because when we get back, we'll be talking about another shortcut, how you can combat ad fraud. Big topic, big reason to come back. So don't go away. We'll be right back
1: mobile presence will
2: be back after we connect you to our sponsors it passes before it's noticed a slight rising of the eyebrows a widening of the eyes it may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation the heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience within a tenth of a second the reaction has passed but not without leaving its mark on purpose visit intendedpodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts intended consequences marketing on purpose miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world
4: but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the u.s don't miss the miami book fair a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings signings and panels capped off by a three-day street fair Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Danticat, Taya Obrecht, Julie Oranger, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm.
1: Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz.
0: We're back to mobile presence. I'm your host Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove. We have Mikhail Beteryakov. He is traffic manager, analyst at Joom, and of course, Mike. And I have to wonder, you know, if you like Mike, and I like calling you that. It makes it a little bit easier to tell you the truth. But yep. it makes yep. me feel that maybe, just maybe, you were either in the States and think it's cool, or you just think it's cool in general. So have you been to the States or elsewhere?
3: Well, not yet. I am uh, mostly traveling to Europe. You know, for example, Berlin is my favorite city to attend. Okay. And uh, but I've never been to states or to Asia. Maybe it's just a plan for 2020.
0: Okay. So some goals for 2020. And um, you know, to recap, you are a mobile hero. So that is um, a bit of recognition in itself. But it assumes that you know um, there's a hero concept here, right? You know, which superhero do you maybe feel similar to? Is there somebody you can identify with? I'm I'm a bit of an Avengers fan, so I'll I'll slip that in.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, it is not about the superhero, uh, but from the university years, I associated myself with Riddler. Riddler is a Batman villain, uh, and he is a master of puzzles, riddles, and complicated scenes. I'm not that much of a mastermind, but I enjoy making and solving with the things. I like digging deep into the data to get back with the insight or true or some unexpected things, who oh, no. So Riddler is my super William, yeah.
0: that's the most original answer I've heard. That is very cool. I like Riddler. I'm waiting to see the Joker. I'm based in Europe, by the way, so I'm going to wait a little while longer, Um, but I'm sure it's going to be a thrill. Um, What about uh, speaking of thrills, challenges, something exciting? I mean, one of the top tips in your blog is how to combat ad fraud. And uh, of course there is no solution, but you do focus it on some great takeaways. But I'm wondering is this based on personal experience? So you know, you have your personal battle with fraud. There you are, uh, Riddler with the data, beating it at, the, <laughs> beating beating it down and combating it, and and winning in the end.
3: Actually, you are almost right because I uh, at some at some point I felt like the butter is very personal for me. Uh-huh. Uh, June has quite a history with fraud. We changed our attitude several times as the levels of threats was different. In 2017, we knew nothing about the fraud, we didn't know the worst We know that I just mm. have some fraud prevention suit and we thought that it was sufficient enough. But in the very beginning of 2018, a ZK spoofing threat appeared and we suffered significant losses, paying for users that were never existed. Mm. Then we introduced our anti-fraud KPIs and added scalar as a second level of defense. And for a while we were quite fine with monthly rejects from uh, some partners, but later we decided that it is not enough to feel fully protected against fraud. So we stopped working with anybody showing any significant signs of fraud, and right now it's rare case something appears on our radars. Our traffic Mm -hmm. is quite trusted and transparent. Uh, Yeah, and I believe in 2020 there will be new kinds of fraud that our radars just will not be able to find. So it is uh, really interesting field for me.
0: Yeah, everyone says it's a cat and mouse game, right? You you, you beat one yes. fraud, another one another one pops up. I'm counting a few. You mentioned um, uh, anti-fraud suite from, uh, uh, fraud prevention suite, rather, from Adjust and, and also working with Scholar. So there are two of your partners. How many partners do you need? It's just like a riddle here. <laughs> See, there we are. We're there again, Mike. So how many partners do you need to fight fraud?
3: Uh, well, this uh, theme worked for us, but uh, you might have other needs. Uh, what I would recommend to anybody, have a second and a third source of, uh, source of information. Do not trust data if you saw it just in one place. Always cross-validate everything you see. Uh, for us, a cascade of anti-fraud solutions worked amazingly well. Every instance we received, we got tested by Adjust. If, it's, mm-hmm. if it is not rejected, it got tested by Scalar. If everything is still clear, it is tested manually by me to find some anomalies. It can be a uh, fraud of a different nature Or maybe some long-term LTV can be poor. So even two anti-fraud defenses uh, is not enough But uh, I believe at least two is uh, quite sufficient
0: mm-hmm. Talking about the types of fraud i've been writing about a few of them And I also wrote an article recently over at forbes where I was talking about bot fraud because it's going mobile so it was online for a long time and we dealt with it and it was part of wouldn't say we accepted it, but it was it was part of what you had to deal with, um, and now it's showing up in app So, how about bot fraud? Is that something that's high on your radar as you go into twenty twenty? Is this going to be on the list of I have to watch, you know, SDK spoofing and everything else? And I'm going to have to watch bot fraud. Uh,
3: for us, it is not a rising threat. For us, maybe uh, the baddest times are still in the past. But as any technology, bots can be used for good and bad things. And we saw significant traces of bot traffic in 2018. But uh, as for now, our readers only catch it uh, when I test new partners. As any technology, bots can be used for good and bad things. We saw significant traces of bot traffic in 2018. But as for now, uh, our readers only catch it uh, when I test new partners. But here's the catch: as I told you previously, our readers cannot be as sophisticated as bots, so they can be still now traffic. Mm-hmm. But uh, we pay for value and not metrics, so just empty installs are not a big deal for us. And everything else, we, um, we will see a drop in retention and uh, in some other internal metrics. So we will just uh, switch off the fraudulent source in, in, in a while. Uh, we would still pay for it, but uh, we will not use it uh, in future. I believe in 2020, we will encounter something completely different and fascinating. Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. I, I would say it's going to be always different in the in the future. it's interesting that you, you know, you you find fraud in the traffic and you say, okay, we'll just switch off the source. Um, which is different from what some people tell me at events and conferences where I am. They just say, well, you know, hey, you know, 10% or whatever, or two percent. They pick a number and they say, just you just have to accept it, deal with it. And here you'd rather reject it up front. Um, what does that tell us about the approach? Does it matter? Is it different for different? Should it be different for different marketers? Or are the marketers who say, well, you know, just accept a certain percentage and live with it. Maybe they're not, I don't want to say they're not trying hard enough, but maybe it's not the proper approach to combat ad fraud. What's your view?
3: Uh, well, first of all, we uh, maybe I mis- uh, spelled it uh, earlier, but uh, we still have 20% uh, threshold for traffic okay, so you so have a threshold we,
0: as well okay yes
3: yes we have a threshold as well because there are always false positives there are always some uh, legal things uh, why mm. uh, traffic can be marked as fraud and uh, of course uh, there are um, for example if you stop t- the traffic for a while there will be a fraud coming uh, for by the means of adjust but it will be because the uh, traditional distribution of installs will not be uh, abated, uh, so it would be normal, legitimate installs, but still be counting as fraud. So we have zero uh, percent tolerance uh, to, um, I can say, uh, hide uh, to very fraudulent uh, uh, sources because it's a rare case when a partner has uh, maybe 30 to 50, maybe 30 to 70% of fraud because it's either less than 20, either it is uh, more than 80. Uh, of course, there can be a blend, uh, there, there can be a mix, but uh, with this, we fight with transparency. Uh, we are ju- now are not uh, accepting traffic when we do not know the bundle IDs, we do not know the exchanges or something like this. We still need something to be uh, accountable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, That's great advice, actually, because what you're saying is that, you know, demand transparency. Marketers need to demand that. That's maybe, you know, part of the shortcut here is just have very strict um, criteria for what you're willing to deal with. You can still have a threshold because, as you pointed out, we won't know for sure. There's so many different factors. But rather than, say, um, just have a threshold, it's also have some key criteria to measure Traffic against or partners against. What would they be in a nutshell? Do you have a couple you could share? I mean, one you said is absolute transparency is important. What's another?
3: Um, I can say that uh, probably right now we are out of networks to test, uh, and uh, every every network we still might be testing is not uh, comply with our KPIs. So I can say that uh, practically every. Um, uh, DSP, or maybe even the network that was uh, one day now called DSP, uh, provide us um, just a normal uh, level of transparency. We still see a bundle IDs like and see, still, uh, that is quite enough to at least try the source. So, uh, we're not asking for anything uh, more significant here.
0: Mm-hmm. Quick quick, question How many partners is is too many? I'm hearing that, you know, really sort of like, Seven to 10 is about all a team can handle, maybe less. Some people are going and being more ambitious. What's the what's the number of, of ad partners for you?
3: Well, for the last two years, uh, we've been testing more than 200 different partners. Oh my goodness. Uh, and uh, the maximum amount within one month was uh, 76, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, uh, but of course, we're not working with that much uh, now. Right okay. now, we are working most, I uh, believe, uh, with maybe 20, 25 different partners, but uh, the majority of them are just media buying, of, buying of Instagram, Twitter, okay. Snapchat, and TikTok, and different uh, other sources. So I cannot count them as something uh, unique. They use okay. the same uh, tra- tra- traffic sources as others, But for unique partners, I would say just, uh, as you said, about 7.10. 7.10. Okay.
0: You got me on that 76. That's really something. I think with all that data, I can see, Mike, that you chose your superhero, Villain Wisely. Um, Definitely into the data. And you're going to tell us more about how you deal with the data and what you see on the horizon as opportunities for all mobile marketers. So listeners, loads of reasons to come right back, so don't go away. We will be back
1: mobile presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors.
4: You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm
1: WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Supercharging your mobile growth efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz.
0: And we're back to Mobile Presence. I'm Peggy Ann Saltz with Mobile Groove. We have Mikhail Bateriakov. He is... Traffic manager analyst at Joom a major marketplace in Russia talking with us today from his office in Moscow So thank you Mike and it's great to hear It's my pleasure too because it's great to hear from you. First of all, we went through the shortcuts in your blog we'll tell everyone how to uh, where they can find that and read up on that but uh, you know I'm an optimistic person. We start with a little bit of doom and gloom here, you know, the, the fraud threat, the different types, or bots coming? Let's, let's switch gears. Let's talk about opportunities on the horizon, you know, because marketers love to hear what's next and what they need to do to ride the wave. So it could be a trend or even a channel. What's your pick?
3: Well, we see a great opportunity in dynamic product ads, as seen on Facebook. Uh-huh. People believe that such ads are great for retargeting, but not that good for user acquisition. But we see this is a delusion, at least oh. for e-commerce. We are also pushing our partners hard to beta test, alpha test such functionality, and already seeing some success with some this uh, theme called lift-off, surely. Mm-hmm. And uh, dynamic ads. So my question, my answer is uh, dynamic ads. There is are the future.
0: I know what dynamic ads are, but let's explain the the value here, because dynamic ads are going to, mm-hmm. as, as it says, they're dynamic, they change, they will match your target segment. You know, it's that that typical commerce example. I've been browsing, looking at shoes, and I'm going to see those shoes in a lot of different places until I ultimately <laughs> break down and do buy them usually. So it, it does work from a user perspective. But is it more than that? Is it more sophisticated now? How are you using it?
3: Uh, yes, we're using it the same way. Uh, we're not a gaming company, so we cannot just think about new ways to advertise our games, to think about new creatives and more new creatives and new videos and new uh, HTML5 creatives and so on. Uh, mm-hmm. But we have the major asset. We have a lot of our goods, we have millions of goods, and uh, we're just pushing, uh, choosing the best out of our millions and pushing it uh, into. Uh, the network, whether it is Facebook, whether it is off, whether it is Google or anything else. And uh, we see the performance of every single edge and decide which one to use, which one to test. So um, basically, the idea is simple. And that's a question for me, why no one is uh, accounting for it for user acquisition.
0: That's interesting. So so let's say someone's listening and says, you know what, you're right. Dynamic ads, I can acquire users with that. It's not just driving conversion. It's actually top of the funnel. What would they need to do to get started?
3: Uh, I would say they need a good uh, research team because it's not that easy that you have uh, 10,000 of goods. You just upload them all you should pick the best one with the best click-through rating or buy-through rating or maybe some other things. Uh, we spent more than a year just to find the great, uh, the best setup for our catalog. Mm. And uh, it was a full-time job for our machine learning developer, Flower, who is uh, great in his job. So uh, it's not that easy, but I believe that the thing that uh, every Every company that have uh, some uh, feet, they have uh, invest hard into it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, to, and this would be like, the whole idea would be, you don't know a lot about me when you want to acquire me, so you need to know about my behavior, my channel, some other things. And using yeah. this yeah. with machine learning, you're going to say, okay, Peggy is coming in via here. Let's show her this particular creative because she's this type of segment and that's sort of like make certain that we don't start off on ground, you know, this, the first step. You, you have me um, pictured type of segment. So we're already engaging from the get-go. Is that what's going on here?
3: Uh, yes, segmentation is another great part of what we're doing um, because uh, if we're talking about the Facebook, Facebook is doing all the hard work for us. Uh, Because Facebook knows a lot of everyone, but uh, if I talk about other sources when we still use um, The feeds uh, that is the job that we need to do and uh, we just actually started this year to run this uh, So we are in the middle of our way here Mm
0: -hmm. I might have you back to tell us a little bit more about that and how you did that in the meantime on a personal level You have a choice. I like to end on a personal uh, point Um, either a mantra for all of your friends buddies peers listening in you know, what do you do to rock? mobile marketing app marketing in 2020 or tell me what you're going to do yourself to make certain that you Stay on top of the data and keep building your talents and 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 have fun in your job
3: Uh, well, I would love to quote actually my favorite book although okay. I believe the phrase is not original and the quote is uh what uh, think of what do you think you know and how do you think you know it uh, if i'm not mistaken it is called the fundamental fundamental question of rationality and i think mm-hmm. everyone not even in marketing should ask themselves this question at least once a day that was my mantra for the last four years and will be for the next decade
0: i like that a lot mike because it makes a lot of sense because you have to think Okay. It, what, what do I think the data is telling me? How confident can I be in that? Absolutely a great mantra for 2020 and beyond. And I know that our listeners will want to stay in touch with you, um, maybe hear about what you're reading, what you're doing, what you're thinking. Uh, how would they do it? Is it uh, LinkedIn, Twitter? What works best for you?
3: Uh, Well, LinkedIn uh, will be the best place to initial contact with me. I still cannot use Facebook uh, very often. I just cannot stand uh, user experience here. So I try to not uh, touch it very often. But in LinkedIn, it's easy to find me and easy to connect. So welcome.
0: You're on. And we'll add that in the show notes. And of course, if you want to read up on his amazing blog of the four shortcuts you need to follow or any of the other blogs from any of the other mobile heroes in the series, you can check out their dedicated page over at heroes.liftoff.io. And if you want to keep up with me throughout the week or find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, then you can email me. Groove mobile is also where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services so my friends that's a wrap of yet another episode of mobile presence of course check them all out over at webmasterradio.fm or search for them on itunes stitcher spreaker spotify iHeartRadio, all of the above just search mobile presence so until next time remember every minute is mobile so make every minute count we'll see you soon